Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, the ACLU has filed a lawsuit against the state of Ohio for the state's policy that bars transgender people from changing their birth certificates. There will be no questions about LGBTs in the 2020 census. Roseanne returned to TV this week, but folks are conflicted about watching. And today is International Transgender Day of Visibility. I explain why we observe the day each year. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. The American Civil Liberties Union filed a lawsuit this week, along with Lambda Legal, against the Ohio Department of Health on behalf of four transgender people who are challenging the state's policy that bars them from changing their gender on their birth certificates. Ohio, Tennessee, and Kansas are the only states that still have a policy in place preventing changes to gender markers on birth certificates. The lawsuit also highlights the state's inconsistency in allowing transgender Ohioans to update their gender markers on their driver's license and state identification cards, but not on their birth certificates. One of the plaintiffs said she was harassed at work when asked why the gender on her birth certificate didn't match the one on her driver's license, adding she was referred to as the freak. Another plaintiff in the case said the policy caused him issues when trying to apply for Italian citizenship, costing him financially and delaying the process by months. Stay tuned to The Randy Report for the results of the lawsuit. It was announced this week that the 2020 U.S. Census will not contain any questions related to sexual orientation or gender identity, according to Census Director John Thompson. The inclusion of LGBTQ categories were initially included, but quickly deleted after a draft of the survey questions were released. LGBTQ activists are outraged as the census helps determine in great part where federal funds are utilized in regard to the U.S. population. If the government doesn't know how many gays there are, how do they know where important resources like law enforcement, health care, and equal employment opportunities are needed? This, folks, is the erasing of LGBTQ Americans. A Palm Springs couple vacationing in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, were the victims of a shooting incident in the early morning hours last weekend. The couple says the attack was a hate crime because they were holding hands in public. According to the Desert Sun in Palm Springs, where the men live, the incident occurred at about 2.30 a.m. at the end of a night of dancing. Carl Blee and Mark Lang were holding hands as they walked to the condo where they were staying. As they passed through a plaza, a man standing nearby yelled something at them. Blee then noticed the man pulled out a gun and tried to get himself and Lang to safety. According to Lang, a bullet hit Blee right below his right butt cheek. Both men say the shooting was a targeted hate crime because they're gay. In spite of telling the police several times what happened, the local media reported the incident as a failed robbery. 
but Bleed disputes that claim, saying they never spoke to the man that shot them. He believes the media is trying to downplay the shooting in an effort to protect tourism in the Mexican city. As readers of The Randy Report know, my husband Michael and I often vacation in Puerto Vallarta. While I've never seen any violence during my travels there, I'm also aware that as a gay man in a country whose views on LGBT rights and protections are iffy, I don't hold Michael's hand in public. The Puerto Vallarta Tourism Board and the LGBT Business and Tourism Association of Puerto Vallarta released a joint statement which read in part, Puerto Vallarta remains one of the safest destinations for the LGBTQ visitors, not only in Mexico, but on an international level. These types of incidents are rare and extremely isolated. Last year, more than 17,000 LGBTQ international visitors came to Puerto Vallarta for Vallarta Pride alone, without incident. It's estimated that, in general, about 20% of visitors to Puerto Vallarta, specifically in the city's romantic zone, are part of the LGBTQ community and safely enjoyed the destination again without any incident. We deeply regret what Carl Blee and Mark Lang experienced this weekend, and we hope for a speedy recovery. We believe this is a random and isolated incident and definitely not part of the daily life in Puerto Vallarta. In television news, Thanks in part to the successful reboot of Will and Grace, the 1990s sitcom Roseanne returned to ABC this week. In its original run from 1988 to 1997, the sitcom broke new ground in its portrayal of a blue-collar family and gay storylines. For instance, the 1994 episode Don't Ask, Don't Tell became one of the first major network TV series to air a kiss between two women. Additionally, Roseanne Barr, who plays the title character of Roseanne Connor, became a vocal LGBT ally. She was named the Advocate's Person of the Year in 1994 for her open support for LGBT visibility. But the reboot, which premiered Tuesday night to huge ratings, has left some fans divided. Roseanne in real life and her TV character are supporters of President Donald Trump, an opponent of gays, whose administration has worked to undo and remove many LGBTQ rights and protections. Barr recently defended Trump's record on LGBTQ issues in an interview telling the New York Times he doesn't oppose same-sex marriage, she said. He said it many times, you know, that he's not homophobic at all. While that sounds nice, it's not exactly true. Other than tell campaign rally audiences that he would be, quote, better for the gays than Hillary Clinton, his time in office has demonstrated otherwise. Which begs the question, should LGBTs be watching? It's a question a lot of smart folks have pondered. Out Magazine is called the reboot Must Watch TV for the Trump Era. Writer Jason Lamphere acknowledged that the Trump connection might be a deal-breaker for some, but suggests that, quote, few half-hour sitcoms in recent memory have packed in as much topical humor, empathy, and heart as this one. Lamphere also pointed to the show's handling of current hot-button issues. The first episode addressed the rift between Roseanne and her liberal sister Jackie, played by the brilliant Lori Metcalf, who cannot understand, quote, why you voted the crazy way that you did. 
Another centers on Darlene's nine-year-old son, Mark, who is gender non-conforming. Zeke Stokes, a representative of GLAAD, which advised the production company on the episode, praised Mark's storyline as a reason to tune in, saying, quote, Mark's feminine gender expression is embraced by his family, and that's a critical message for millions of viewers to see. Many LGBTQ viewers will separate the episode's theme of love and acceptance from Roseanne Barr's deeply troubling personal views. So that's a good thing. But Tracy Gilchrist, the Advocate's feminism editor, is boycotting the show. Gilchrist recently wrote, I wouldn't dictate to LGBT people that they should not watch Roseanne, and I know that openly gay Sarah Gilbert produced and co-stars, and that openly gay comedian Wanda Sykes is on the writing staff, but that does not move the needle for me. At this point, to me, Barr is a privileged white woman with a lot of money who can afford to burn it all down while claiming to be revolutionary, to the detriment of not only LGBT people, but women, immigrants, people of color whose lives Trump has put in danger with dog whistles to the white supremacists, and so on. Kit Williamson, the gay starring creator of the gay Netflix series Eastsiders, says he has a problem with Barr's garbage political views, but he is willing to give the reboot a chance. Says Williamson, I'm probably going to give the first few episodes a watch because I can't in good conscience look away from Lori Metcalf. But if it feels like the show is a mouthpiece for some of Roseanne's more extreme views, I'm out. I personally didn't watch the premiere episode, but I plan on catching up via Hulu to see what I think. My understanding is the entire nine episodes of the new season are not political. ABC, by the way, has already ordered 11 episodes for a second season. Also in TV news, Queer Eye will be back for a second season. Netflix has announced an order for eight more episodes for its reboot of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. The full cast will make their return to change the looks and lives of men in Georgia. According to reports, the additional episodes are already filmed and will have even more diversity. No return date has yet been announced. In his cover story for the recent issue of Attitude magazine, superstar Ricky Martin admits researching his role as Gianni Versace's former partner, Antonio D'Amico, in the assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story, forced him to relive his own early life as a closeted gay man. He told Attitude, I was a closeted gay man who was making my partners hide. I had relationships with other men who were in the closet, and I had other relationships with men who were not in the closet, but because of me, went back into the closet. And so I'm reliving everything that I did. I submitted myself to my career completely. I didn't open doors to new relationships, and I'm not talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about any relationship, because I didn't want people to know me too much, he explained. I wouldn't even sit down and have a cool relationship with amazing producers or great film directors because I was afraid if they spent more than two hours sitting with me, they would know my nature. I wasted so much energy trying to manipulate my sexuality. Martin, who came out in 2010, is now married to Swedish artist Juan Josef and his father to nine-year-old twins Matteo and Valentino. Country pop crossover music artist Casey Musgraves, who is about to reach new heights with her new album, Golden Hour, told Billboard magazine recently that getting out in the world changed her homophobic upbringing 
and helped her find a new perspective on how people should be treated. She also shared that as a teen, she laughed at gay guys getting bullied in high school. Said Musgraves, At 18, I was a lot more redneck than I am now. I think back to who I was then. Being in a small town high school and seeing a gay guy get made fun of, I'd like laugh along and not really think much about it. A best friend came out to me right after high school, and that's when I started getting it. My perspective completely changed. Moving to Nashville, I started hanging out at this gay club called Play all the time, and I made so many friends, it really hurts my heart that I had ever even been close to being the opposite of that. Which just goes to show you folks that's one more reason for visibility. Telling those around you that you're gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender helps change minds one person at a time. Golden Hour is now available at all digital download outlets. Today, March 31st, marks International Transgender Day of Visibility. Founded by transgender activist Rachel Crandall back in 2009, the day was created to raise the visibility of transgender people, bring attention to the accomplishments of trans people around the world while fighting transphobia through the spread of knowledge. It's a time to celebrate transgender people around the globe and the courage it takes to live openly and authentically, while also raising awareness around the discrimination trans people still face. The journey towards living openly and authentically looks different for everyone, and given the levels of violence and discrimination faced by transgender and gender-expansive people, revealing and expressing one's gender identity can be a complete and difficult process. So let's celebrate the achievements of all the people who live openly and authentically every single day as themselves. For the first time in NFL history, two men will become cheerleaders for an NFL team. Napoleon Jennings and Quentin Perrone will be part of the LA Rams cheerleader squad for the 2018-2019 season. It was all smiles on Good Morning America when Perrone was asked what motivated him to try out. He said, I thought, why not me? Why can't I do this? And I called my friend and I asked her when auditions were for the Rams and she told me on Sunday and I showed up. Appearing with the men, LA Rams cheerleader captain Emily Liebert extolled the men's qualifications saying, they really just fit the bill to be a Los Angeles Rams cheerleader. They're intelligent, they're eloquent, they're more than qualified to be ambassadors out in the community. They bring so much energy and there's something so magnetic about their performance, you really can't take your eyes off of them. Now, full disclosure, folks, in my senior year of high school, the cheerleading coach decided to add four guys to what had been an all-girl squad for decades. And just like Quentin, I thought to myself, I want to do that. And I did. And I had a ball. When I got to Syracuse University, by a fluke, I happened to be in the university gym when the cheering squad was practicing, and I stopped to watch. Eventually, I walked over and said hi and found out they had just lost a male team member. And in a rarity for a freshman, I got the spot. I cheered for three years for the Orange Men and was captain of the squad my last year. It was thrilling to be on the grounds of the Carrier Dome cheering during football and basketball seasons. If you're a high-energy guy in your college years, it's a great way to burden some of that off. I loved it. I know Quentin and Napoleon will have an awesome time as L.A. Rams cheerleaders. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on the week's LGBTQ headlines with this 20-minute news magazine, I'd appreciate it if you would share The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news 
only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.